This is the Psyche of Success. Podcasting around the globe. Join us as we interview superstars in their respective fields and help you master the psychology of winning big in business and in life. Here's your host, author, speaker, and business coach, Jody Holland. Hey guys, Jody Holland and Brett Beitlich here with the Psyche of Success podcast. We are going on the next section here on how you inspire passion for what your team wants to do. I love this section. It's all about how you build great leaders within your company. So Brett, say hello to the audience. Good morning, everybody. This is by far my most favorite section. I love inspiring passion in people. So I I love this section too, because the emotional energy that a person has, their passion, is going to determine what they believe about themselves as well as what they go and do with their life. It takes really solid emotions. Think about the human brain for just a minute. We have a logical side, prefrontal cortex, and an emotional side to our brain, the limbic center of the brain, not technically sides, but different sections. When those two are in alignment or in harmony, it is so easy to get get ourselves going in the right direction. But if you have what's called cognitive dissonance, When you have one definition of self, a belief about self, but you're working in an environment that violates the beliefs you have about yourself, you cannot perform at your very best level. I've had that experience. I remember working for a consulting firm in Abilene, Texas. And when I was working for that firm, I was told by my boss, who, by the way, did get fired eventually, just side note. Uh, and kudos for that firm for eventually firing this person. But she told me, I want you to track the amount of time that it takes for you to get a client and then have made up a billing code and we're going to charge the clients for how long it takes to get them. I go, that's, that's unethical and probably illegal because we don't have a signed engagement with them. And she goes, I don't care. You will do what I tell you to do. I know better. Okay, I'm just going to tell you, I experienced extreme cognitive dissonance because it was driving me nuts thinking I'm an ethical person and I'm being asked to do something that is unethical. And I thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. Like, can I live with myself if I do what I'm told? And she had threatened to fire me if I didn't do what I was told to do. And I finally went back to her about a week later and I just said, I'm not going to do that. And she goes, you will do it. And, or you will be fired. I said, well, you can fire me if you want, but I'm not going to do that. I was then called down to the partner's office and they were upset with me because I refused to do it. I said, I won't do it. I will not cheat the client. Now think about that for just a minute. Does that inspire passion in me, the employee, to be the greatest version of myself when I feel like you don't, not only do you not care about me, you don't care about the people that we are here to serve? I doubt that inspired anything inside of you. I mean, as a simple example, I want to make sure I understand this correctly. If I went to Walmart and I'm shopping in Walmart and I get to the checkout and I check out all my items and then I see this additional charge for like seven bucks and I said, hey, what is that? They said, oh, well, we're going to charge you for the time that you were shopping. (laughs) That's a great way to explain it. 
No one would ever shop at Walmart again. No. Just like I'm sure you would never go work for that person again. Wouldn't matter whether they Mm -hmm. offered you a million dollar salary and all the flexibility in the world. You're never going back to anything like that. Never. And what I find interesting is it was only, I don't know, six, seven months later that they got caught by their clients and it cost them a lot more money than they had made. So that's what tends to happen is if we don't help people operate in alignment, so their definition logically and emotionally of who they are, if it lines up logically and emotionally with who the company is, we're good. But if it doesn't, then we're out of whack. And I, I don't make it a huge secret that there's a lot of things that have been taught in some of the industries that I work in that I disagree with. For example... I'm a huge advocate of monthly one-on-one conversations, but in the healthcare world, there's one particular group that is like all about monthly rounding and they encourage the question, tell me what's wrong and what we need to do to fix it. All we're doing is shifting people's focus to the negative and making them stutter a little bit in what they're doing. Uh, Those of you in the healthcare world caught that joke just then. We're making them stutter a little bit instead of moving forward. One-on-one conversations are not about rounding and finding out what's wrong. They're about you interacting with your direct report and saying, where are you related to where we're supposed to be at this point in the year? And what can I do to facilitate your success? It's not what can I do to do it for you, but what can I as a leader do to facilitate your success? That's a one-on-one conversation. If you're doing the monthly roundings, which I am an advocate for rounding, you go around and you ask a better question. Tell me one thing that's going right. Tell me somebody that is really outstanding in your department that we can brag on. If you trust your directors, you will inspire passion in them. If you go and ask the question, what's going wrong and what do I need to do to fix it? You're essentially saying, hey, I know you're an idiot, and I know that you probably don't understand all the big words I'm using right now, but bear with me. What are you screwing up, and why do I need to come in here and fix it for you? Because you're an idiot. (laughs) I want to make sure I understand this concept right. So it's not enough for me as a leader to go around, take my form, check the box, ask the questions in this monotone type scenario. Bueller. That's not that's not rounding. No, that's not rounding. That is diminishing passion. It's what it's doing. If it's always about the freaking form, you're not moving your organization forward. It isn't about the forms, okay? It is about the connection with humans that that are working with you. Those human beings need to be in a passionate place where they're pursuing something that is greater than themselves with people that they trust, that they're willing to sacrifice to accomplish those goals. So That's connect, what those conversations are. If we connect this back to our last topic, right, when we talk about time, trust, and thankfulness, when I round on my people in a timely manner and put forth the time to listen to them on a regular basis, they learn to trust me. And you trust them to be their best version of themselves. Absolutely. And then we're both thankful for the relationship we've developed you will find that the emotional connection you have with those people 
will exponentially grow their performance. You can see as much as a 300% difference in performance output from any person based on getting them fully emotionally engaged in the workplace. If you are a freaking robot with a clipboard and forms asking, tell me about this, tell me about this, what's wrong, what needs to be fixed, I don't trust you, then guess what? Nobody is inspired to give you their very best. I can tell you, even within myself, I used to fill out the forms, but then I would just regurgitate the forms back. When I started right. doing it in a meaningful, impactful way, I didn't need the form. Anybody could ask me any time of the day what was going on in my department and what was happening with my people mm-hmm. because I cared enough to learn about them as an individual. I could just spout it off. Yeah. So you, you think about those conversations. Those are to, to create time, trust, and thankfulness like you brought up. They're also to understand what we can do to support the success of another person. That means that we're helping them connect their goals and their passion to the purpose of the organization. I, I can't even tell you the number of times that I've asked the question, what's the mission of this organization in all different organizations? And you get this blank stare. It's to do stuff and and to not do stuff wrong? Oh, you don't get the, you know, market-driven mission statement. To be the number one in our field. Yes, yes. I mean, you can be outstanding in your field, but just because you're standing there in the field doesn't mean that you're doing anything worthwhile. So you got to make sure that the purpose is some something that is inspiring. It's going back to Simon Sinek's Start With Why. We talk about what we do and we talk about how we do it, but very few companies really talk about why they do what they do. If you have a strong enough why, then it is so easy to connect those goals and those passions to that why or that purpose because that's what inspires greatness in other people. If you're not doing that, if it's about being the number one quick service restaurant in America, by what standard I mean, you killed fewer people with food poisoning, and that makes you number one. You served more chicken sandwiches or hamburgers or whatever it is that you serve. You served it faster. Like, what are the metrics that make you number one? It just makes me think of Elf when he's first in New York City, and he walks by that that little diner, and they say, world's greatest cup of coffee. And he's banging on the window. He's like, yeah, thumbs up. Way to go. World's greatest cup of coffee. And it doesn't mean anything that to me that that's why I think it's so important to consistently invest in your people and to help them move forward because when we're connecting their goals passion and purpose together that means that we're investing in them I I gotta be honest Brett that's the main reason that we've adapted so much of our training into psycheofsuccess.com is so that people had the opportunity to grow their leaders, to grow their customer service, to grow their sales, to grow the potential of their people by connecting it to the purpose of their organization. And I just, like, I, I'm so hyped up and passionate about helping people figure out their path and giving them the tools to do that. That I love being able to see people succeed with purpose. So I think the biggest challenge that we face is if we don't know how to help people connect their goals and their passions 
and we don't know what our purpose is, you will be consistently stuck where you're at. And so what's the final piece on inspiring passion for what people want to do? It's that emotional connection with success. So wait a minute. Are you saying we're supposed to celebrate success together? Amazing, right? Holy cow. It's not just for the C-suite when we win where they get the big bonus and everybody else gets hosed? Well, did the C-suite do all the work? Absolutely not. I took a big risk. I give them credit for that. But the simple truth is most people want to celebrate success together. You can share credit endlessly, but you can only take it once. And you will either create a positive emotional connection with success or you will create anger and dissent related to success, depending on what you as the leader do in either sharing the credit or taking the credit away. Yeah, and a lot of it comes back to that definition of success again, right? Mm -hmm. Is success like, oh, we made the largest margin we've ever made? No. I mean, I think you you look at COVID-19 and companies just trying to survive right now. I think sometimes success is the ability to get up and do this again for one more day. And if we stop thinking about what our goals were that we set at the end of 2019 for 2020, and we start saying, how do I make sure I keep my people safe? And we provide the best quality service that we can. We love our teams and we love our customers or our clients. That might be the very best definition of success this year. Yeah, I would definitely, I doubt there's going to be any stat on it that you could ever find, but I would venture to say that most of the organizations that are continuing to thrive, they're not focused on what the margin is this year. They're focused on how do I retain my business? How do I retain my people? And how do we move forward in this definite change of an environment? Absolutely. I, I sat down with one CEO to a credit union that I work with when all of this was starting to really hit hard the first part of March. And he said, what can we do to make sure our people know that they are loved and taken care of and to educate people, which fulfills our mission? Wait a and minute. We just, a, a credit union? A credit had union. Had a focus on people Isn't and not on money? Yeah. No focus whatsoever on the money during that time. And that's tough because this guy had not even been there a full year you know, you want to come in as a new CEO, make a big splash and have such an increase in revenue and market share and all that other stuff. But his focus was on people, on relationship. As a result, their deposits have grown exponentially. Their people are super engaged in what they're doing. They're making more loans and better loans than they've ever made before. Like all of the financial metrics took care of themselves. I am I mean, really, truly blown away at how great it works when you build relationship with people so that they get to go do what they were designed to do. That's what it means to inspire passion. You're not mandating passion or focus. You are inspiring it. I mean, that might be the greatest marketing strategy ever known, right? Yeah. That is no cost, no nothing. I can almost guarantee you that every employee that works there goes and tells their friends about it. Oh yeah. They've grown in the number of accounts. I mean, it's been amazing what they've done. And the, the other thing I just remembered that they did was they literally called every single member personally and asked how they were doing. 
Wow. I mean, you're talking 30,000 members got a personal phone call from one of the employees and there were two or three things that they kind of give him as an ideal script. And he said, I just want to check on you. How are you? Are you doing okay? Can we support you in any way? Like if, if you're a credit union, you are members first. And I love credit unions specifically for that fact. This credit union actually lives it. I, I love these people and what they've done. That's pretty amazing. I, I can't imagine how successful other industries would be if they were focused in that direction first. Oh, blow me away if they were. So this is about does it for this section on inspiring passion for what your team wants to do. And the three things that we talked about are monthly one-on-one conversations, staying focused on the positive, not the negative, connecting goals, passion, and purpose, and finding the emotional connection with success so that we all feel like we were a part of it and that we celebrate together. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, we encourage you to do so. Uh, we also encourage you to go check out jodyholland.com. Click on the Psyche of Success button. You can see the different courses that are available. If you and your team are ready to take yourselves to the next level, to inspire more purpose, more drive, more trust, more gratitude, and in the end, the byproduct is a better definition of success, we would love to be a part of that journey. We'd love to help you get there. I'm Jody Holland with Brett Bailich. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Psyche of Success. Give us a five-star rating. Subscribe. Share with your friends. Take out billboards about how much you love us if you want. But just make sure to apply the lessons learned and live fully into your potential. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Psyche of Success.